everybody, whether you're the president of a company or the paperboy, everybody has the exact same amount of time. You and I both have 24 hours a day. No more, no less. The question is, what do you do with your time? Real quick, my friends, go get my new book. It's called The Power to Publish. And it's at the top of the page of zbooks.co at the link, my new book. And it's going to help you with all of your self-publishing needs. Okay, back to that podcast. Welcome to the ZBook Successful Authors Podcast. And tonight I have with me Dr. Audrey Levy, the best-selling author of The Adventures of the Angel Olio. Hi, Dr. Audrey. How are you doing? Hey, I'm great, Eric. How are you? I'm great, but cold. It, I'm in Germany, and uh, it's, it's cold. How about you? Middle of winter. I'm in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. It's, it's cooler than one would normally expect it to be, but it's still quite sunny and beautiful. Yeah. Do you live near the You live on a, a, a houseboat. Yes, I do. I live on the water. Awesome. Uh, I have been, uh, I've been on the water for the last uh, 25 years. Wow. And Marina Del Rey, is that correct? Yes. Marina Del Rey, California. It's um, right next to Los Angeles Airport. Uh Nice. So you have two really cool books, uh, the one Noel's Ark, and then the other one, Doctor, Lawyer, and Indian Chief. Which one do you want to talk about first? Um, Well, Noel's Ark in the series. There's actually four books in the series. Uh Uh-huh. and uh, we've just read one, uh, Noel's Ark, and it became a bestseller right away. Nice. We're working on Dr. Lawyer Indian, and that'll be uh, launched on. Oh, when was that? On March 17th is when Dr. Lawyer Indian Chief is going to be launched. Okay. Yeah. So everybody buy one on March 17th. So tell us about the adventures of the Angel Olio. Well, um, you know, everybody has at least one member of their family that has an alleged mental illness. Either they're diagnosed with it, or Uncle John is an alcoholic, or, you know, uh, Cousin Joe has a really bad anger problem. Every family has at least one member that has some kind of a mental illness. And in my book series, The Adventures of the Angel, have that mental illness. So the Angel Olio is sort of like the new Tinkerbell. Uh With Tinkerbell and Peter Pan... Everybody had to say her name over and over again at the same time in order for her to survive, in order for her light to glow. The difference between her and the angel Olio is that Olio only needs one person to believe in her at a time. So she's there for everyone. Help family members who are being impacted by the actions of their relatives with the mental illness, and as well as help the identified patient find the road to healing. And you are... uh... Doctor of psychology. Okay. And what do you specialize in? Grief and loss oh. and, and depression and anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. So this book has a lot of you in it, does it? Yes. It's autobiographical fiction. I myself was a mess when I first started. I was suicidal. And through the use of the conversations with the angel Olio in my books, I've learned how to survive and do the ongoing process of healing the wounds of my past. And I can teach other people how to do it as well. Yeah, cool. 
And uh, yeah, so, so tell us more then uh, about the book and uh, the whole process there. Noel's Ark is about a story of um, an atheist actor who wakes up in heaven and when he uh, doesn't believe he's dead, certainly. And so he takes off running and he eventually meets up with this angel, Olio. Miss Olio, she likes to slip in and out easily like Olio Margarine. <laughs> I just learned from you, Eric, is a blast from the past. Olio yeah. Margarine isn't something that people use anymore in Germany. No, you know? no, we don't even get it here. So you don't yeah. get you only get real butter there? Uh, no, we got margarine, but not, not that brand. Um, oh, boy, oh. we got a, a lot of different brands, but uh, I don't want to confuse you with the German names now, but uh, Oleo's not one of them. Sorry. Oh, that's okay. No, it's, a, it's, a generic, it's a generic word anyway. Yeah, yeah. So um, the name of the character that's an atheist is Jimmy, and he's, his wife was Noel, and he and the angel Oleo visit Noel in her dreams, and encourage her to write a book about having conversations with her loved ones, her husband, Jimmy, her parents, uh, and other people in her life that had meaning for her that passed away. And through these written conversations with her loved ones, she's able to heal the wounds of her past. And then in Dr. Lawyer Indian Chief, and the angel Olio helps a woman who's been shot uh, to relive her life and get a chance Dr. Lawyer Indian Chief, is that maybe you also? Um, well, actually, Dr. Lawyer Indian Chief represents three that are prominent men in the heroine's life. Mm -hmm. uh, doctor, doctor is uh, a psychologist that uh, is the one that's mentioned in book one, the one who is, an, uh, he wakes up in heaven and he's an atheist. He was a doctor of psychology. And then Lawyer is the main character's father. Uh, who was a lawyer, and Indian is the main character's brother, who is one of the um, most well-known agents in the world. Hmm. So he's an Indian chief. Yeah, cool. What? How long did it take you to write uh, the first book? Um, it took me about a year to write the first one. Yeah, it took me about a year. Hmm. It's actually compiled of two of my screenplays. I've written a dozen screenplays as well. All of my books are my screenplays come to life. And and do you use some kind of a template for your screenplays, like the three-act play or the Save the Cat from Blake Snyder or something like that? I use a three-act three act play. Yeah. So you have to have three disasters. Is that true? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I've never looked at it that way. No, I've never looked at it that way. Okay. Three disasters. I think there's more than three. In any good movie, there's more than three. Uh-huh. <laughs> Okay, yeah, that's why I'm asking because I'm, I'm I'm interested. There's many different template, well, templates or methods, and uh, yeah, the three act play is very well known. And then uh, uh, there's this one called "Save the Cat" by Blake Snyder, which which is almost the same thing, but he goes through the beats, you know, the story beats, and mm -hmm. uh, it's interesting, very interesting. And uh, yeah, so um, tell us more about. Uh, about your book then, that the, it's coming out in March, so it's not done yet. Uh, well, no, actually, this is a relaunch. Ah, okay. Um, this is a relaunch. The book last October of 2019, actually. I bring everyone their own guardian angel to combat the mental illness. And my angel, Olio, is the new Tinkerbell from Peter Pan. You recall Tinkerbell from Peter Pan? She was a little fairy, and everybody was... Uh, 
Everybody had to concentrate and say her name at the same time in order to keep her alive. The beauty of the angel Olio is that it only takes one person. To, and from my experience as a doctor of psychology and a life coach for over 40 years, I can help family members who are being impacted by the actions of their relatives with mental illness, as well as help the identified patient on a road to And uh, I know about this from personal experience. Nice. Cool. So um, what got you started in writing? Uh, my dad, actually. Um, my dad uh, always encouraged me to write. He yeah. Were you born back east? Yes, I was born in uh, Passaic, New Jersey. Oh, yeah, cool. My mother's from back east, from Boston. So um, everybody in California is from back east, it seems like. <laughs> well, yeah, originally that we all came from back east. That's true. Yeah. There are very few natives. Not yeah. very few, but there's, I came out here in 1975. Oh, wow. So I've been out here for quite a while now. How old were you in 1975? <laughs> no, no, you don't have to answer that if you don't want to. <laughs> I was 22 years old. Man, and I was in the first grade. In 1976, I was in the seventh grade. All right. Yeah. So that dates me. That definitely Yeah. Dates me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But okay, okay. most of the listeners can't do math anyway, so I think we're safe. <laughs> I don't mind if people know how old I am. It just adds to my level of experience. That's right. That's right. I was watching your interview, um, your improv videos. You, you did some stand-up comedy at the improv. That was pretty good. I did. That was a lot of fun. Uh, I did that in preparation for a speaking career to try and uh, gain some confidence up on stage. Oh, wow. You did a good job. Have you tried Thanks. the Toastmasters? No, I haven't. I've, uh, I haven't tried it personally. Mm. I've been in the audience, been in mm -hmm. the audience for a Toastmasters speech. Yeah, but I haven't tried it myself. I understand you have, though. Yeah, I highly recommend it. And you get you get more practice. You know, um, I suppose you can't do the improv every week. Uh, I don't know how that works. But um, yeah, so I, I always recommend Toastmasters to everyone, even if you're not pursuing a career in speaking. It's a really, really good experience. And uh, it, it really helps, too. So I don't yeah. know. If yeah. So find your local Toastmasters chapter and <laughs> go get down there. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us more about your psychotherapy praxis. Um, what um, are you into Carl Jung or which methods do you use? Um, I'm a big fan of Carl Rogers. Yeah. Uh, he was uh, he, he did what was called person centered therapy, and it was basically conversation back and forth of what was going on in the patient's current life. And then also we would delve into the, their history as well. So everybody, you know, everybody has a little bit of Mr. Dr. Carl Jung in them. Uh, if they're worth their salt, I think any therapist would have a little bit of Jung in them. Yeah. Because uh, certainly blending the conscious with the unconscious is what it's all about. That's pretty cool. So, um, and you, you ha do have a... Um... What do, you, what do you call it? a certain clientele? You help uh, drug addicts or what's your specialty then? I just mainly work with adult individuals uh, and families. So that can be anywhere from depression, anxiety, uh, substance abuse, grief and loss, things like that. So right. very basic stuff. Yeah. And, and um, I, I have a little experience with that. And I've written some books uh, that had to do with drawing analysis. Do you use any drawing analysis? No, you know, I, I read that about you years ago uh, when I was first learning to be a therapist. We all were required to take a class in art therapy. Hmm. 
And uh, art therapy is, is having the patient draw uh, pictures and then analyzing those pictures to get a sense of where they are. Yeah. And very effective with children, especially. Yeah, we could dive into that for a long time, but let's talk about your books a bit some more. (laughs) So (laughs) um, we had some uh, audio problems with with Olio, the angel Olio. So um, if you don't mind, you don't have to give up the plot and any any spoilers, but tell us more about what happens with Olio, the angel Olio in the book. Okay, well, in the very first book, Noel's Ark, um, Noel is a widow and her husband was an atheist. And so when he dies and wakes up in heaven, he's of course shocked and he's greeted by his father whom he hated on when uh, his dad was alive. So he just takes off running. His name is Jimmy and Jimmy just takes off running and he runs into this angel Olio. I called her Olio because she likes to slip in and out easily. And uh, when I was growing up, Olio Marjorie was very popular. So I liked him, Olio. And um, so Olio takes Jimmy to go and visit his widow, Noel. And through her dreams, they help her to write a book to um, help purge the baggage of her past. She has an interesting life and that is inherited by her parents because she lived with this man that was an atheist and he was an alcoholic and they never married. They only lived together. And so her uh, father had a very extreme reaction and disinherited her. So in the book, she goes through her life story. Uh, it's, a, it's a lot like the movie, It's a Wonderful Life with Jimmy Stewart, mm-hmm. where uh, he's contemplating suicide and an angel comes along and shows him what his life would have been like had he not been, had he, had he not been born. In these books, uh, Olio gives people a chance to see how it is that they're affecting the others around them and give them an opportunity to right the wrongs of the past, heal the wounds of the past. That is, um, I wanted to talk about that a bit. Uh, keyword you hit there was purging baggage of the past. This is a very important thing, uh, not in just psychology, but in motivation and all in many different levels. So how do you purge the baggage of the past? Well, one way is through journaling mm-hmm. and another way is through talking. Another way is drawing, like you mentioned. Uh, anything that where you spend time sifting through things that happened before that are affecting you now. And a lot of people would rather not do that because it uh, can be painful, emotionally painful to dive into the past. But if you don't do it, then uh, you're going to come up with current symptoms, symptomology that's going to get in your way. And that's where substance abuse comes in and depression and they all get in the way if you haven't ironed out what's gone on in the past. Yeah. And so you also mentioned, you know, everybody has that one person, maybe more, especially in my family, <laughs> that has some kind of uh, mental problem. Of course, you could say everybody does, but um, I've noticed this a lot in my life. There's always somebody that hasn't purge the baggage of the past. Now, if you're not a psychologist or psychiatrist, uh, what, is there anything you can do? Yes. Well, that, that you can journal. This is, you can have written conversation through journaling with people. So journaling is very important. Psychotherapy is important. Meditation. Meditation is something that everybody can do on their own. I meant more like if you're trying to help somebody else. So Let's say you can't get the other person to journal because they think it's silly. 
Well, you mean from my point of view, what else I might suggest to the people that they do? Well, let's say you have a family member that has baggage from the past and you can't get them to journal and, um, you know, you don't want to come off like, you know, you should do what I say, but uh, how, how do you help somebody? I do as much as I can to encourage them to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that people just don't want to talk about it. So I would do the best that I could to get them to talk about it. And sometimes if we talk about the present, talk about what's going on now, and then that can lead them to trigger to talk about things that happened in the past. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. That's my personal uh, challenge. I also got to interview Dr. Benjamin Hardy on my podcast, and, and he said the exact same thing you did. So it's very interesting. What, what was that? Uh, journaling. Journaling oh. is a way to control your or shape your future self, you know? Yes. But, but what if you have a family member that doesn't want to journal and you think it's great, but, you know, you, you just you can't force somebody to journal, you know? No, you can encourage them to go into psychotherapy or you can just talk to them yourself invite them to, you know, sometimes you can't rescue other people. You can't, can't do things for them. They have to do them themselves. So if you have a family member and you can't encourage him to go to a doctor or her to go to a doctor for help, then uh, you might be able to just befriend that person yourself, maybe go fishing with them or go to a movie. We can't go to a movie anymore, but fishing (laughs) we can certainly do, even though COVID is around, I guess it's pretty cold where you are. Yeah, that's why it's so devastating that we can't go to the, the movies and stuff. It's, um, but it's not as bad as in France. In France, they have a 6 p.m. curfew. And then I would really go crazy. Here we don't wow. have. Yeah, I mean, I, it's really bringing the worst out in the governments. Uh, I, I consider 6 p.m. too. I mean, of course, you got to do something, right? But that's, for me, 6 p.m. is too drastic, too draconian. Yeah, and it doesn't seem to be relevant at all. <laughs> They, you know, they were telling me that they actually have a little piece of paper to show where they live so that the police can see if they're too many kilometers away from home and stuff for so many hours. I went, what the hell's going on there? Is it like 1933 again? You know? No, it doesn't seem to make any sense either. It's not like the flu shuts off at a particular time. Ah, well, let's not derail this with the COVID uh, uh, rabbit hole. (laughs) Uh Yeah, let's stick with your books. They're they're much more positive, much more better. And um, okay, so without giving any spoilers away or something, tell us about the lawyer and the, um, what was that? The lawyer, the the, the chief? Dr. Lawyer, Indian chief. Dr. Lawyer, Indian chief. So a doctor is is about, is the story of the atheist, uh, the atheist who died and went to heaven. And Lawyer is um, the main character's father who disinherits her, cuts him out, cuts her out of his will. And Indian Chief is her brother who becomes one of the best power brokers in the world. Hmm. So it's heroine is at her niece's wedding. And I'm not going to tell who, but somebody shoots her. And um, she has a near-death experience. So the book is the near-death experience where she's able to go back through her life just that she get instead of go instead of waking up in heaven, she gets to revisit her life and wake up back where she started. Yeah, and do your books follow the screenplay, or is it a, a little bit yeah. different? No, they follow the screenplay. I wrote the screenplays first. Ah, okay, yeah, easier, huh? Uh, for me, it was. For me, it was. So this is really interesting because I'm writing a novel right now too, and um, 
until now I've always written novellas around 10,000 words. So how many words are your screenplays and how many words are your books? I have no idea how many words the screenplays are. Uh, the first book is 70,000 words and the subsequent books are about 35,000 words. Okay, okay. And, um, uh, but uh, there, how do you go from screenplay to the book? You just Very put more simple. words in? You just, just change the way that you're writing. Instead of writing, instead of saying action, uh, interior, car, two people talking, you just would change it to prose and you would say John and Martin are sitting inside their car. <laughs> it's very simple to do. You'd like, I, lately I've been downloading screenplays. They're almost all online for free, you know, Star Wars, uh, Matrix, and you know, all the stuff I like. And uh, all the ones, yes. Yeah, and analyzing them and stuff. It's really fun. And uh, uh, do you do that? I did do that. Yes. When I first started, I analyzed hundreds of films. Wow. And what was the, um, is, is it really, could you really see the three act play in each one? Absolutely. If you analyze them, it's very simple. You just break every movie down into scenes, each scene, interior and exterior scenes, and you can absolutely see where the action is going. And what do you suggest, um, which one is a good one to analyze first or the best one you, you ever analyzed? Uh, North by Northwest with Cary Grant by Alfred Hitchcock was an excellent film to analyze. Yeah. I, I like that one a lot. Yeah, Hitchcock, he's the best, man. He, he tried to make a movie in one scene. Did you see that one? Where? Oh, oh The Rope? The Rope? It's called what? The Rope, I believe. Maybe. I think it's called The Rope, R-O-P-E, Rope. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he had always somebody like move their back to the camera and that would be the scene break and then then the, it would keep going. So he tried to make it like one continuous scene. Ah, interesting. Yeah, yeah, Hitchcock was a master, right? So <laughs> That's what they say. Although if you saw the movie with Anthony Hopkins, uh, his wife, Ida, was behind a lot of his success. Yeah, well, that, how does the saying go? Behind every successful yeah. man? There's a woman. It's correct. I, I better say that too, because I'm married, so... <laughs> So well, that's funny because also the reverse is true. If you see a good-looking woman, you can be sure there's a man around somewhere. I like that. I like. That. I agree. I agree, one hundred percent. So, okay. So, um, so who's your favorite author right now? It's Nora Roberts uh, under her pseudonym of J.D. Robb. She writes about a a, a female homicide detective in the year two thousand sixty. And uh, it's quite a lot of fun. It's my favorite. You like uh, detective and, and thrillers? Yes, I do. I prefer the mysteries. Interesting. I was, I'm, I was binging on Lee Child the other day. And uh, I think his best book is number seven, The Persuader. No, it's just called Persuader. That one, boy, that one is suspenseful. So Nora Roberts, I'm going to check her out. Thanks for that tip. Oh, you're welcome. And what is your favorite book? Oh, my favorite book, um, I think, is Stranger in a Strange Land by Robert Heinlein. But that's for boys. I wasn't aware of that. <laughs> I'm only kidding. <laughs> and, you know, science fiction, you know. So I, yes. I read that. Go ahead. I, sorry. I love that book. No, I love that book. I, I, I try and read that book once every five years. Wow. Yeah, I'm going to read it again, too. I read it when I was about 14. So that was, that's why I was saying, you know, stereotypical science fiction for boys. I was 14 when I read it. And um, uh, yeah, Heinlein, Heinlein uh, he was a very prolific writer, too. Indeed. Very prolific. 
Yeah, Stranger in a Strange Land, Time Enough right. for Love was another good one from Heinlein. I, I'm going to have to read those again. I read them all when I was a teenager. Okay, so do you have a morning routine? You know how all of these billionaires, they get up and they meditate and or do something funny? <laughs> do something funny. Um, yeah, they get up and they meditate. So um, I can't honestly say that I do that every morning, but uh, it certainly is a it's very helpful. I meditated today. Uh, it's definitely a way to, um, I find it extremely helpful to stabilize one's always recommended to my patient, 100%. And, and which method do you use? Breath control or? Sure. Um, I use meditation I almost on a daily basis. I, I certainly miss days, but my goal is to do it on a daily basis. And I recommend it to all my patients. I've never met a patient who couldn't benefit from meditation. It soothes the brain, soothes the savage beast. Yeah. And, and which method do you use? Sitting and breathing, focusing on your breathing or what? I just focus on my breathing. I breathe in through my mouth and out through, I mean, in through my nose and out through my mouth. And, um, and that's what I focus on. In. Yeah, I, uh, I, I started Tai Chi because uh, I couldn't sit so long. You know, I was too fidgety. And uh, ah. they, they call Tai Chi moving meditation and it works really good. That's what yes. I, I uh, what do you call it? Recommend to people that can't sit. And uh, I yeah. totally agree. Yeah. Very soothing. I did that for a while myself. It's very soothing. Uh, did you finish the form? No. <laughs> <laughs> There's like a hundred moves, huh? Yeah. No, I didn't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, another video I saw on your website was when you went skydiving. When did you do that? Hmm. Oh, boy. Um, I would say that I have to do that. I did that in the 1990s. Mm -hmm. um, I don't really recall what, what the date, maybe, maybe, maybe later than that. I don't know. But that was very exciting. Very exciting. I enjoyed that a lot. Yeah, I like that video. It's out in Paris. I used to go hang gliding and motocrossing out there. So just, oh. yeah, it's good, good stuff in California. What prompted you to move to Germany? Oh, wow. That's a long one. That's this, uh, um, let me see, make a long story short. I was working at McDonnell Douglas in Long Beach, California, and they went belly up. Oh. My father is German, so I had a way, he lives in America, but I had a way to get to Europe and stay there. And so I did. And then I was only going to stay here for one year. And then I, I ended up staying here, well, forever. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you something. If you're a working person, Germany is worker's paradise. You get 30 days vacation here. Wow. That's one way I could never, I mean, after I started working here, I thought they were joking to me. I said, oh, you got to be kidding. You know, you're joking, right? And uh, so I could never go back to California in a, in a 95 job. But what, five to 10 days vacation a year? Come on, you got to be crazy, you know? <laughs> That's what bothered me the most about working at McDonnell Douglas was uh, the union was always uh, going on strike for more money. And I was telling them, what are you going to do with more money? You, you have no time to do anything. You don't got any vacation. We get five days vacation per year. What, you know, anyway, that's another topic. So what's on the horizon for you? Well, my new book is called um, The Dog Bible for Humans. <laughs> cool. The Dog Bible for Humans. Can you tell us about it or is it top secret right now? That's still top secret. Okay. It's still top secret. You are good at picking titles, aren't you? Where do you, how do you do that? I don't know. They just come to me. Well, you maybe have you ever thought of copywriting or something like that? 
Well, yeah, I've registered them all, if that's what you mean. No, no, no. I mean, that- uh, copy, writing copy, you know, um, advertisement. Oh. Uh, yeah, that's not for me. I'm not able to do it on demand. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. The next book I want, I write, I want you to choose the title. Okay. <laughs> so the dog Bible for humans. Okay. Yeah. It's a Bible written by dogs for humans. Well, it's, uh, I happen to have, uh, 22 rules that dogs live by. And in, uh, in reading them, I realized that if people lived more like dogs did, we'd have a much nicer civilization. So, and so when this- is that coming out? I don't know yet. I haven't finished writing it. Somehow I have a feeling that's going to be a number one book. So let me know. Okay, I will. I'll definitely let you know. Okay. So uh, it's time for the blitz round. Okay. Ask some questions really quick and you can answer as quick as you want. Okay. Okay. If you could eat dinner with anyone past, present or future, who would it be? William Shakespeare. Do you think he's one person? There's this theory that it was many people. Yes, there is a theory that it was many people. Uh, I'd like to think it was one person. Easier. The voice, well, the voice, it's just because the voice is so much the same. Yeah, but then one of the, the, the reasons they say it was many people was because he was so versatile. So I, would, I think he would, he would have been a fascinating person. I'm sorry, say it again. Yes, he was. Yeah. He yeah. was very versatile, um, but there's a similarity to the voice. The voice, to me at least, it seems like there's similarity. To- you know, the NSA and the CIA, they have this program to analyze your writing and to identify you. I would like to see what happens if they would analyze Shakespeare's works. Ah, that's a very good point. Yeah, yeah. and um, it's pretty scary, too. Uh, because um, you write a book or you write on Twitter, then they can use that. And I don't know if they can use it in a court of law, but they they can find you, you know? So anyway, (laughs) okay. Next one. What's in your pockets right now? I don't have any pockets. (laughs) Okay. Easy, huh? Okay. What's the one question you wish people would ask you? Oh, will you please sign my book? (laughs) Which book? Any of them. Okay, Any cool. Them. All right. Well, well, how about where can we reach you online? Or um, My website is AudreyLevy.com, mm-hmm. and, uh, and that'll take you to wherever it is. So my email is Audrey at AudreyLevy.com, and my website is AudreyLevy.com. Yeah, L-E-V-Y. Yes, sir. Thank you so much, Audrey. You're very welcome. You're very yeah. welcome. Thank you for having me. And uh, it was wonderful to be here. Thank you so very yeah. much. And let us know when your books are coming out. Yes, I will. The new one, The Dog Bible for Humans. I'll let you know when it's coming out. Excellent. All right. Okay, my friends, if you like that podcast, then remember to go to zbooks.co and go get all the materials to start your authoring career. We have a seven-day challenge every week, so there's no excuse to not finish your book. And remember, please go to iTunes and upvote this podcast and Google Play. Okay, I look forward to seeing you at the top.